Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes of public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the finest service organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. Now, part two of Gaining a Fire Edge with Dave Robertson. Um, it was just time for me, the Canadian boy, to go home. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the story with that is I accepted a job with the Nova Scotia Firefighter School. I think it was either December or January before COVID. Mm. Got rid of my house and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and pulled out of Concord, California. Um, I think it was March 18th or 19th. Mm. I think it was March 19th. So yeah, so I made my way all the way to Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a long trip. It was a long <laughs> drive, long, long drive. I've, I've been to Halifax, Nova Scotia. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't have to drive there, but I, that's a long trip. Oh, and, and you know, so I packed everything. I've got my life basically all set up and I was supposed to get a trailer hitch mm -hmm. um, and a trailer. Well, with the COVID thing, everything went haywire. Yeah. Right. Shipping and all that kind of stuff went haywire. They couldn't get a trailer hitch and they, they couldn't find a trailer like the day that I was supposed to get all this done. I'm like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah. So I, uh, I got a giant roof rack. I had a Volkswagen Jetta and a giant roof rack and the roof rack was so big that it almost looked like another Jetta had been upended <laughs> on top of the roof of my car. And then it was, my car was so stacked with stuff that I remember walking towards it from the back and the back tires were off just a little bit from the weight. Uh, 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 so yeah. I made my way all the way to Halifax that way. That school closed down because of COVID. Uh, you know, everything was going to be two weeks initially, right? Yeah. Um, hey, we're closing down for two weeks. Let's see what happens. And then, of course... Yeah, uh, we all know now, what happened. And now we're closing out for two years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So made my way back to my parents in uh, in my little town in Ontario and, and started working at a, a great little academy just outside of Toronto. Um, and they uh, took advantage of the second shutdown to uh, close down and do some restoration stuff with their academy. So they shut down. Um, and so I made my way west to be closer to my daughter closer to my fiance and her family um uh, the amazing lorraine my my fiance uh, i still get floored when i in like uh when i when i think about how lucky i am um uh and that's why i ended up in bc again was really it was part of it was proximity uh i liked the mountains and i saw that british columbia really didn't have any other academies out here mm. uh there there are a couple um, there's uh, there's one that's associated with college. There's one small private, and there's a larger one. Uh, but the larger one has, we'll we'll say it's lost its way. Hmm. Um, so so I just saw a hole that needed to be filled yeah. uh, where I could actually do my thing, uh, and uh, and be in the great town of Kelowna, yeah. close to Vancouver. 
Yeah, I've uh, as well as long as it's a beautiful area up there. As long as you don't become a Canucks fan on me, uh, but uh, but yeah, I've been up in that area, not in your particular town, but I've been in Vancouver and in British Columbia a few times, and it is a beautiful, beautiful area, um, without a doubt. Um, to to kind of segue, you know back to you know, the coaching part um, yeah. and try not to track myself off on, <laughs> on stories and hockey and everything else. Yeah. You, you, you kind of touched on this a little bit, you know, you mentioned in your website that you take an approach. Most firefighter career coaches don't, you know, what is, you, you kind of let in a little bit on your approach. You could certainly elaborate on that. Uh, but specifically, what are some of the common mistakes that some of the coaches out there do make? Well, you know, um, I kind of tipped my hat a little bit, first of all, uh, for part of that answer in, in, in the importance of acknowledging that there's some coaches out there. I mean, there's no standard for coaching, right? Right. For the practical stuff, for the training stuff, you have had to have been hired by a fire department, had a number of years, you have to either get and then eventually maintain a number of certifications. Um, uh, some states require you to have instructor certifications as well to teach anything at all. So there's a standard out there. Uh, coaching, it, the standard is basically you need to go to Staples and get your <laughs> business card printed. And that's, and, and now I'm a coach. Right. I got so, one of those. Can I be a coach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I lost mine. I had a prop right here. Yeah. Right? Uh, that would have been perfect. That's all right. So, you still got uh, the axe. You're good. <laughs> I got the axe. Uh, look, I really am a firefighter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's helmets. There's an axe. You know. You know. Nobody could just buy those. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so that's and that's those are the people that who I think are consciously just they're just not doing a good job. Right, they're, they they know what they're doing, in my opinion. Um, you, you did ask me, you know, what do I do that's different? What's my approach? Um, I I get into here, and I and I get into here. Uh, I don't hand you a sheet of paper with interview questions. I don't do, um, you know, we're going to do our two hours of Zoom interview prep. Um, I, I do a number of things. My process, and I'll try to give it to you fairly quickly, Ken. Yeah. Uh, and and process, for those of you just on the audio and not on the video, uh, what Dave was pointing to was his head and his heart. Please. Continue. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, yes, audio. I never. I forgot about that. Yes. That's okay. That's okay. I, I encourage people to listen to the audio and watch the video because you can't get enough of public well, safety wants talk to see radio. This ugly mug. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. So. What I always say, but about <laughs> myself. But continue. Sorry about that. Beat you to it. Um, yeah, you know, I get into their head and I get into their heart, and I really kind of help them, uh, number one, um, is this really, 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 really with a capital R, what you want to do? You yeah. have got to get into this for passion, not because, uh, as we used to say in the fire service, um, in, not because you get to wear the cool pants, right? And there's a lot of young, impressionable people that they want to wear the cool pants, uh, and and the only and you can hear it in their answers and in interviews when the only thing that that they can really say when they get asked why you want to do this job well I want to help people 
And I think they do. I, I'm not saying that that's false, but it's not a deep authenticity, right? It's not a, it's not a passion. It's not a purpose. It's not a vocation. Um, so, uh, so the approach that I take is we start with resume. It's like, well, yeah, of course you start with resume. Well, no, actually the resume work is not give me your stuff. We're going to drop it into a template. Mm -hmm. It's we start working at why do you have that on there? Was that important? What did you get out of it? What projects did you do? Um, uh, they end up coming away from our resume workshop with a deep, deep understanding of what they've done. Because most of the time, they don't know what they've really done. It's just like, here's my work experience, June 2018 to July 2020. Like, and, and it's just, and, and a lot of times it's a cut and paste job description, you know, um, the ones really very short sidebar, the ones that, uh, that are currently firefighters trying to get a fire job and they'll give me five bullet points of what a firefighter does. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm, the, I'm the chief. I'm looking at your, I know what we do. Okay. Yeah. And what did you I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so we move from there because the resume is kind of mechanical, you know, it's, it's just your experience and, and your life and work experience. And then we get into the cover letter and the cover letter is where we start dipping our toes into why are you here? Mm -hmm. Because it's the cover letter should be, in my opinion, it is your first opportunity to be in the chief's office. Um, uh, of course, I mean that metaphorically, but to be in the chief's office and start answering the question, why do you want this job with my department? I don't need a rehash of your resume and sentence form. So the cover letter is a challenge for, for most people uh, because it's the first time they're really getting into their head and getting into their heart. I do something that's very unusual. I think I'm the only one that does it. I do a dig deep questionnaire. It's about 40 questions. I tell them to take their time, tell them to reach out to friends if they get stuck, um, to ask them uh, uh, some of these tough questions. Um, uh, you know, they all know what they want. Right. They all know what's in the distance. That's that's my destination is right. Uniform and a badge. They rarely know where they're starting from. And, and so you can't really start a journey if you don't know where your starting point is. Right. So the dig deep questionnaire gets even deeper into the passion driven stuff. Out of all of that, we start building the narrative for what's going to happen in the interview room. This, and this leads into one of the common mistakes I think other coaches make. You know, we, we say in the fire service, and I, and I would imagine it's the same in first response for, for police and, and EMS and other first response um, uh, vocations. The job is won or lost in the interview chair, mm -hmm. right? Okay, that's good. What do I do? Well, you know, you really should practice, <laughs> right? Or... Um, you know, we leave them to their own devices and they go on to Google. And the first question is, you know, here's, here's interview questions. What have you been doing to prepare for this job? Oh my God. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm Wait, bored just listening uh, to you read the question. Exactly. <laughs> you know, where do you, where do you see yourself in five years? No, this is not what happens in most. There are still fire departments that, that do do that, but even then, Typically, when you're getting faced with, with the typical uh, interview format, which is um, two chiefs, maybe three, and someone from HR, typically, uh, 
we don't care what the answers are. This is the trick. We don't care. It's how are you answering? Yeah. Are you leaning forward in your chair? Are you looking me in the eye? And is there passion? Is there that passion spark in your eye? So I'm, I'm going to illustrate with this one guy um, uh, that, I, that I've worked with. And when he says, uh, and he did get hired. Um, God, what a great guy. I think about him. Uh, when he says, you know, why do you want to become a firefighter? I want to help people. But, but here's what I mean by that. In my off time, I volunteer at a needle exchange in one of the worst parts of Vancouver. And it was working that needle exchange that actually had me realizing I wanted to help to a much deeper level. And I work at that needle exchange and want to help people on a deeper level because I lost my brother to a drug overdose. So when I say I help, want to help people, it's from the very fiber of my being. Mm -hmm. That's the point that I get you to, right? It's not, I just want to help people. It's like, why are you here? Coming this March 27th through the 29th, 2022 in Savannah, Georgia, is the first Public Safety Business Summit, a program specifically created for organizations that serve first responders. What you will experience is a high level of networking and collaboration among like-minded leaders who are in the business of serving first responders. What you won't get are a series of boring lectures with no interactivity, ridiculous golf outings that are only appealing to a few attendees, or a couple of retreaded subjects that you can hear at any credit union league event that are just thrown into the curriculum. We offer an engaging agenda where attendees even help to determine the content during the actual conference based on their unique needs. If you run a business, a credit union, or a nonprofit that specifically serves first responders, then the Public Safety Business Summit is for you. For more information, go to www.policecreditunions.com or call 331-300-9889. We hope to see you in Savannah on March 27th, 28th, and 29th of 2022. So this is the mistake that most coaches make is uh, they, they feed them Pablo. Um, uh, they don't challenge them. Uh, they, they are not available. I think that's a huge mistake. Uh, I, I am constantly getting in trouble with, uh, with my operations manager, who is also my fiance, who I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm constantly getting in trouble because like, you've got to, you've got to stop giving them so much time. And this is not about me getting a pat on the back. And I just think it's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I only just asked a couple of my clients after well over a year of pretty deep work for another, Hey, can you re up on the program? Um, I, I, I don't, I, I'm constantly making myself available text face-to-face -face, zooms way beyond what I outline in my program. Uh, I, I, I do book research on them. I, I, you know, for them and send them Amazon recommendations based on where they're at and what might help them. Uh, you know, I just, and I think that's, that's maybe now that I think about it, I never thought about this before. So I really appreciate the question. Sure. I think that's maybe what other coaches don't typically do is they, here's my program and we're going to check those boxes. And at the end of it, right. So we'll see you later. And, and that's, 
this the the fire service any for other first response uh, uh, um, businesses uh, professions are are all about um, just making the world better, right? Well, I think that automatically by definition should have you getting away from check the box style coaching. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, that 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 is a an excellent answer. Even though you said you don't feel like or think you're an entrepreneur, I I give you kudos because at the end of the day, um, and I mentioned this to my new friend Sarah Hall at Talus Ridge in the last episode, who went from dispatcher to running a business. Uh, that at the end of the day, all entrepreneurship is 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 seeing a problem. And solving it, seeing a need and, and filling it. And, and you saw a need particular, particularly in British Columbia, not only there, but um, in two different countries. Uh, and, and you filled it. And I will also give you kudos. You know, I, I always mention and joke, I only have a few talents, but the ones I have are really, really strong. Um, fortunately, one of them was not being a firefighter, so I decided not to do that. Um, and I did not have a good answer uh, for that. Why do you want to do this? Which is one of the reasons why. Uh, but uh, even in my 20s, that was one smart decision I did make. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but but yeah, as as yeah, I don't necessarily call myself a coach myself, but you know, I, I do consulting and so forth. And one thing that I found that has made uh, my clients raving fans of working with them is what I call the value add. Is if somebody you know needs twenty minutes of my time or a quick email. I just do it. Um, granted, if they ask me to do something and it takes an hour and a half of my time, I may charge them for an hour. Um, but if it's just an email here, hey, you know, I just want to toss this off you. To me, that's the value add. That's the, it's not going to end up in the invoice. It's not going to end up, you know, it's not checking the boxes, as you said, which I think was a, a perfect example. That's the value add of, of working with me. And I think that coaches in general that don't understand the, the value add, that little something extra that people didn't expect, probably aren't coaches for very long, or they just churn through clients customers, however you want to call them, to the next person that they kind of give just enough to and, and continue to have some cash flow in a business. Yeah. My thoughts. No, and I totally agree. And, and quite frankly, from a business perspective, uh, it is, um, it's, it's something that I would probably need to address uh, as much as I am driven, driven by care and, and uh, wanting, to, wanting that end result of them uh, wearing a badge. Um, as much as I want that, uh, got to keep the lights on in order to do it for people yeah. for a number of years. Right. And, uh, and so there is that, but, uh, uh again, it's one of my failings. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, well, you know, as one of my favorite authors ever, 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 Stephen Covey often said, you know, no margin, no mission. Uh, you can't help anybody if you can't keep the lights on. Um, but yeah, a little bit off the cuff. I know we're going a little bit longer, but you know, we're, oh, no, we're, having, totally fine. we're having fun and, and we're having a damn good conversation. You, do you think that in your work with not only Fire Edge, but being a mentor and or coach over the years, that there's been more value in helping people 
find themselves an understanding that this job is not for them, then really, really honing the folks that you know, were always meant for this job anyway. I think I understand your question. Um, and I'm sorry if I, if I don't. Um, and so, so cut me off if yeah. I don't. Well, let me be more um, concise. Is there, sure, more, okay. is there more value in making and helping the people realize that they're not cut out for this job? And making sure that they don't wind up as being right. a firefighter, then you know, really honing the folks that were meant for this job anyway. I, you know, that's and it's really I've I've been faced obviously more with honing people that really sure. really love this job, but being thankfully um, uh, blessed with a with a solid amount of honesty, I've had no problem saying to people, I don't think this is your gig. You know, so as we peel away the onion while we're working through that process, um, that's my program. Uh, and and while, while things are getting revealed, it's like, yeah, I don't I don't think this is really your thing. And so yeah. and so I think there's huge value in that. Absolutely. Because it means they are going to go out and they will find that thing that is eventually the right thing for them. Um, people get enamored with, again, wearing the cool pants. You know, I, yeah. I joke about that. But they get so starry eyed around around fire and police and wanting that job that that they're not regarding what's really residing in their heart they just want the badge or the shield yeah um they you know they want to wear the cool pants like i keep saying so so i think there's huge value um so which one is is more valuable i don't i i, I think they're apples and oranges yeah um but uh, wow, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, every every once in a while, I, I you know, as an interviewer, I, I asked a good question. You know, I've only been doing this for decades. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you've done this once or twice. You know, you've done this yeah. once or twice. But yeah, I, I you know, going back to my real personality, when you find out that they're not cut for the job, do you do it in kind of a paternal, you know, let's let's break you break it down easily, or do you do you tell them that you know you're really a off and you probably should be you know you know cooking fries or something instead you know when you get out of my face <laughs> well there's been a couple of jagoffs so <laughs> I, you know i i have no problem at all saying look you're you're kind of a knucklehead um and this is just right and i and I'm sorry. I mean, if you give me that, I'm going to, right. I'm more, I'm more professional than that, but I, <laughs> I'm sure you are. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but sometimes when people, when people kind of, they poke the bear a little bit too much, yeah. which is my profession. This is my love. This is my passion. And you are getting into it, essentially revealing to me that you just want to wear the cool pants and you're kind of being an ass while you're, <laughs> while you're revealing this. I'm like, yeah. okay, you're an ass. Yeah. I don't think this is your thing. Um, on the other hand, there are people that uh, uh, one one fantastic candidate um, uh, that I had is this uh, young lady who was only with me for a short time because of this, mm-hmm. and and she wanted to be a firefighter pretty much everywhere. And then she went, "No, wait a minute, Vancouver area. Well, wait a minute, no, this one department." And I said, "So why just that one department?" Um, said, well, this that, and the other thing that's that's not really the important part. Um, but she got passed over for one application process and the next one wasn't going to be for another year or so. And I said, is this really, really, really what you want? She says, I really don't know. And so I took a more paternal approach with, yeah. with her um, uh, because that's what was called for. 
right? Yeah. You know, going back to, to this being a business, really any good businessman, uh, there is no canned approach to managing people, right? It is yeah. it, every person that walks in the door has a different history, a different story. They're dealing with different emotions just generally or that day. Um, and so you, you need to be savvy enough to, to work on the balls of your feet mm-hmm. and, uh, and either be, take that paternal approach or kind of cuff the knuckle dragger on, you know, on the back of the head and say, this is not your thing. Yeah. 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 Now that's, that's a great story. Um, and I'm having a great conversation with you, but to kind of begin wrapping it up because, uh, I I know, I know you want, if you either need to get back to work or get back to that great fiance that you keep telling us about, which (laughs) both of which I completely understand. Um, yeah. One of the last questions, if not the last question, yeah. For those folks that may be watching or listening to this that are interested in becoming a first responder, maybe it's a firefighter or EMT or some other type of public safety profession, is there a number one piece of advice that you would offer? This this was tough, and, and this was probably the one uh, question that, that you're posing that I really kind of had to chew on. Yeah. Um, because my whole business is essentially advice. And so to come down to one piece of advice, uh, you know, it's like, it's like going to a nice restaurant and you ask the wine steward. So which one's your favorite? Well, look at the list. I've got 400 wines on there, you know, so, so it's tough. Um, but I, so I think there's actually two pieces of it, uh, two pieces of advice that are key. One of them is, um, take the time to gain a deep understanding of the job. And I'm gonna speak to fire, obviously, that's my thing. Sure. Um, Do the ride-alongs. Don't watch Station 19, (laughs) right? Uh, (laughs) um, uh, Not to all those people that that like Station 19, but you know, or or Chicago Fire, right? It, that, that one leans a little more towards the realistic. And, and incidentally, there's a few of those actors that are on there that that have gone to fire academies a couple of times right. to maintain realism. So I like that. That's cool. Um, but, but use the tools that you can to gain a deep understanding of what this job is, which is a job that is going to affect your family, your kids, um, uh, understand uh, uh, the finances behind it. Um, start understanding uh, the toll that this job, quite frankly, takes. Um, you know, I know we've been joking a lot, but and so I'm sorry if I'm I'm turning a serious note, but it's not at all. Go ahead. Police and fire uh, uh, and EMS suicides are it's rampant, um, and I struggled myself actually. Um, I'm new to the podcast world, um, but. Funny enough, I'm going to be going on a podcast here in a couple of weeks, um, a great one called The Firefighter Deconstructed. Yeah, we and we have had Christy Warren on. Oh this my show. God, she's amazing. Christy is awesome. And yes. to your point, I was going to wait until you're done. You were done, but since you made a call out to a friend of the show, Christy Warren from Firefighter Deconstructed, who's an awesome human being and an awesome yes. podcaster, I will share. You could ask her this. You could tell her that Ken Bader said this because <laughs> we used to talk uh, all the time when we were part of a mastermind, and I used to joke about how my wife and I watched 911 
and her comment over and over, which you will, which will love. It's probably, you know, close to the station 19 that you mentioned is she said, I can't even watch the mm, commercials for that blank. <laughs> it's so bad. So I kept challenging her one day. We're going to do this. I said, you know what? I want to watch one damn episode of 911 with you, and I want to put it on recording, and I want to find out a way to put it in the podcast. <laughs> I get so fired up about that, Ken. I actually reached out to the producers of Station 19 and, and basically said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> so so I, I feel her pain, um, you know, and, and that's that's funny. And I'll definitely, I'll call you out on that when I, when I talk to her, absolutely. Uh, and man, am I lucky to be on that. Oh, she yeah, is. She's a she's fantastic awesome. person. Um, so I'm, I'm very lucky to be on that. Uh, but um, uh, so she actually, you know, I'm, I'm not shy in saying I struggled with PTSI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I danced around that rabbit hole. I really did. Um, but that's not really what I'm getting at with the advice that the whole idea of the advice is, is gaining a deep, deep understanding of what the job is. Um, it is not throwing ladders and pulling hose any more than being a cop is, is nothing more than either pulling people over or, or pulling your gun. It's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's 10,000 things that you do every day. Um, so, so there's that piece of advice. The next piece of advice, which I think is possibly the most important, and I think it's specific to fire, is we urge candidates to be a robust candidate. Uh, and while you and I may know the, the kind of the, the, the strict definition of robust, which in the end means strength, and that is important, there definitely need to be a, a level of robust as a candidate. Understand what resilient means, which is the ability to move and pivot and handle rejection and recoil and, and shape shift, right? It, and resilience is going to do you far better both in getting the job and in doing well in the job than just being robust. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that would be my number one piece of advice is understand the difference between the two and that more importance needs to be given towards being resilient. Yeah. Great, great advice. Uh, robust is definitely much more than the setting on my coffee machine. Uh, Cause that's like, I, that's how I like my Java. Uh, get my last joke in here, but yeah, literally I, I could talk to you for another hour. Um, love the, the vision and the premise behind fire edge. And you. um, you're just a plain damn good conversation. So uh, I'm envious of Christy. She'll get to talk to you next. Uh, but definitely last question as we close yeah. this out, uh, how can those folks that really need want and can use fire edge best find you out there if you just punch in uh fire edge dave robertson and it'll drop you right onto that page um i work uh us and canada uh thankfully with all the remote work uh that we can do i actually have a client in salt lake city um uh california ontario um british columbia so um uh and it looks like i'm going to get my first uh from florida uh so that's going to be kind of wow. interesting yeah uh, had somebody reach out to me so that's how they can find me um i'm going to throw a phone number out there if that's cool go right ahead all right um 
519, think about it, 519-384-3072. You can call me, you can text me. Um, I, I promise I'm more tech savvy than what I just let on a couple minutes ago. Uh, and I'm not going to lose the opportunity before you sign off, Ken, to thank you for this opportunity. I think oh, it's a great conversation question. too. I, I, something tells me that if you and I ever, ever met when I'm back down in California for coffee, it'd be a long cup of coffee. So, uh, so <laughs> I really, really appreciate you giving me the chance to, to kind of say my piece. Yeah. I, I had a great conversation with you. It's, it's my pleasure. Um, and it, I will also add for folks out there looking for Dave and fire edge. I found him through LinkedIn. He's very easy to find under Dave Robertson, uh, fire edge. So, so take that advantage as well. Um, thanks man. You know, it was, it was great having you on a lot of fun. Um, and if you want to have that cup of coffee, you could drive all the way to Savannah, Georgia in March and come to public safety, uh, business summit. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah I was interested you. when you mentioned that. I didn't even know that existed. What well, a great thing. Well, we'll, we'll sell you, you know, five registrations right now, you know, on the show, well, maybe later. Uh, but seriously, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I learned a lot. I know our, our listeners learned a lot as well. And to our listeners or viewers, thank you for either watching or listening to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. And we'll be back with you in about a week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.